0: Listening to Soaring for Souls Radio. The master plan for evangelism lives here. If you are looking for the most effective ways to reach lost souls, you have come to the right place. Stay tuned and join a community of like minded people who love the Lord and are sharing their best secrets for anyone
1: to become a soul winner. Soaring for Souls, your home for evangelism. hey everyone welcome to today's episode we're excited to have logan summers with us today logan serves as the family and evangelism minister at the graber road church of christ in rosenberg texas he has a wealth of experience in various aspects of ministry including his work with world video bible school he's also been an instructor for the southwest school of bible studies in austin texas and most importantly, Logan is a former classmate of ours from the Florida School of Preaching and also a great friend. And so we're, we're hopefully going to touch a little bit about um, all of his experience on this show. Of course, I've got my co-host Christian Torres with
2: me. How you doing today, brother? Hey Brian, I am doing great. Uh, I'm really excited to have Logan here with us. He uh, was my roommate but we were going through the Florida School of Preaching so we have a lot of stories and, and funny things and, and and jokes and I guess uh, unspoken language I guess and uh, I'm really excited for everything that he has to share with us today. I know it's going to be really beneficial, really helpful and uh, very encouraging for us. Absolutely and, and I wasn't his roommate uh,
1: but I have a few stories too, but we probably won't get the, to those on, on the show today. But uh, but uh, preaching school was was definitely a good time having having
2: you guys there. Hey, Amen. Well, how are you doing, Logan?
0: Doing really well. Uh, blessed to be able to be with you guys this morning, and uh, excited about what we're going to uh, talk about, and and uh, just, uh, just honored to be here. I, I know it helps to to be who you know. Uh, but the fact that you have stories about me and you still invited me on, uh, that, that gives me confidence. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> Well, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what events led you to the current work at uh, Graeber Road?
0: Yeah, um, you guys told a good portion of, uh, of that with uh, with your introduction. But basically, just to add a fill in a few of the details, I grew up in Colorado and Texas Uh, attended the Florida School of Preaching, and I've worked with congregations in Florida, Illinois, and Texas. Uh, I do have uh, uh, quite a bit of IT experience um, uh, working from uh, uh, different aspects uh, uh, in that field, whether whether it be Geek Squad or um, uh, uh, a lot of different congregations uh, needing some uh, specific IT help, and then uh, uh, working with IT at World Video Bible School, and also doing IT for the Southwest School of Bible Studies uh, while teaching there. Um, I've had uh, uh, been blessed to have some some good experiences in that. Um, and uh, back in August, um, it was actually during the the Southwest break that uh, I was talking to the congregation at Graber Road and. Uh, there was, uh, we were just meeting and discussing different things, um, uh, uh, kind of unrelated, and then it eventually got into the discussion of what they were looking for in a family and evangelism minister. And um, uh, so I uh, moved here in August, and um, uh, in October, uh, my fiance and I uh, uh, were married, um, and uh, she joined me here, Lacey, and uh, we've been here since then. uh, uh working and and enjoying, uh, uh, this
2: congregation. Awesome. Awesome. That is great. Um, you know, uh, I've known for, for some time, I know that when we were going to the Florida school of preaching, you were always into it technology, computers, and, and all kinds of stuff. And I've learned a lot of things along the way, uh, from you. And, um, Man, it's been it's been great uh, that you have been all over the place in different congregations and uh, I know something about Logan is that he always helps people. Uh, no matter what he's always there helping encouraging people and uh, trying to help congregations that he doesn't even attend. So that is that is so great.
1: yeah, yeah I, I completely agree agree with that uh, definitely about about Logan. Um, Logan, you mentioned something to me in a previous conversation that I thought I would bring up to you about your current position there at Graver Road. Um, you said that the elders and I, and, and I could be wrong. Um, the elders said in your interview, I think it was that they, they wanted this to be a place that you would consider retiring from. And well, first of all, is that the case? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Okay. And so. I think that says a lot about the eldership and the congregation there. Do, do you think, and this maybe isn't a question that you were prepared for, but do you think there is a relationship between the strength of a congregation and the longevity of its ministers? So if a preacher stays a long time, if, if a minister, different ministers, you're, you're the, the family and evangelism minister, if you stay a long time, uh, is there a relationship there between the longevity of the ministers and the strength of congregations?
0: I believe so. Um, that's not to say that a congregation can't grow. If uh, a guy is there for just a, just a short time, mm-hmm. uh, we can glorify God and do good work in a short time or a long time. But some benefits of, of, of long time work, you are growing with the families, uh, who are attending? You are growing with the eldership. You are growing with uh, the deacons. Uh, you are going through those life changes and life circumstances with them. Uh, and it uh, uh, just from that vantage point of getting to know them over that time, I think is beneficial. But more so,
2: um,
0: you have a great opportunity to really learn what does the congregation need? Uh, sometimes you won't see those needs in the first couple of years. Sometimes uh, preachers will call that the honeymoon phase. Um, uh, and it can take a while to to really dive in and get to know people, but more so you establish rapport with them and you can study God's word together uh, and and grow uh, together. So absolutely, uh, longevity in in a uh, ministry wherever you are. Um, uh, again, that may not be possible in every circumstance, but there, uh, is, uh, there are massive benefits for for the potential of having that. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> and, and a lot of the congregations that, that I've been to uh, with WVBS or, or for whatever, it seems like um, the congregations that have had a minister there for a long time do seem to be strong now. I like what you said. That I agree. That it's not always doesn't have to be the case that the minister stays a long time for a congregation to be strong. They can be strong anyways. Um, but the ones that I've seen with the longevity of a preacher, it does seem it does seem to be um, a huge strength for the congregation. And I really like what your elders uh, said that they want you to be there for a long time. They want this to be a place, and hopefully, they're treating you well enough, which it sounds like they are a place for you to, to even retire from, which, which is about 200 years in the future. So, uh, you've got a lot of work in front of you, <laughs> but,
0: um... they treat me better than I deserve. And I'm uh, very blessed to, to have, a, 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 an eldership that, uh, uh, very carefully attends to the, uh, uh, spiritual needs of all of the members, including the preachers and, and, uh, uh, they are uh, very godly men.
1: Great. Now, as, as was already said, you have worn a lot of hats. Uh, instructor at Southwest, we could probably talk about that for uh, a long time. But uh, what I want to talk about um, is some of your IT experience um, you have been my go-to guy, and it sounds like maybe Christians from time to time for IT in various ways. You've gotten phone calls from me when I've been in a panic at congregations and needed some help, and and uh, and so certainly appreciate all your work. And yeah, in various congregations, even congregations you're not a part of, you were the IT <laughs> guy, and and so um, and so anyway. So I wanted to talk about that and and think about your role that you're in right now as an evangelism you uh, your focus on evangelism, so what are some ways that that you have used technology in evangelism or and or I guess what are some ways that you 've seen it done
2: yeah,
0: you know, as we start off with that uh, it is important to keep in mind that technology always changes, but the gospel never does amen, and added to that, not all technology is helpful and it can become a hindrance if it becomes a gimmick or worse, a substitute or replacement mm. for evangelism. Uh, we must, as the church, have men of Issachar in First Chronicles 12:32, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Uh, technology is always changing, but the gospel never does and what kind of technology can help us to reach souls. Uh, technology for evangelism. Let's just talk about four real quick. And if you have any follow-ups or questions during them, just uh, let me know. Uh, the first one, social media. Um, for advertising events such as gospel meetings, you know, VBS, anything, any other opportunities that are designed to invite the community in, uh, something like Facebook advertising can be a great way to reach people. I checked this this morning. Of course, this is March 17th, 2022. It could change, you know, at noon today with uh, uh, the cost. But this morning I could spend $7 and reach between 550 and 1600 people in seven days uh, mm-hmm. on on Facebook. And that was just not changing really any of the settings. Uh, um, it goes into the tens of thousands if you add just a just a few more dollars a day on that. And so that so would be look at all this so uh-huh. that
1: would be for things like um, just promoting promoting so you know the gospel you know all around the world or that's not within your community or anything that's really just that's something for promoting the gospel anywhere. Is that am I you is can, that correct with the Facebook can, advertising?
0: Uh, Facebook advertising is, is area based. So I can select here's the address of the church building and I can select a five mile radius or a 10 wow. mile radius around that building. And you know the, 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 everybody's you know worried about tracking and everything like that. Well, uh, you know if you're on social media, your location is is known. That's just the, the, the hard facts of the matter um, for most people. Um, and the reason for that is so businesses can try to attract you. Well, churches can use this for uh, uh, the purpose of spreading the gospel. So, I'm yes, you can use it for your worldwide audience, but you can use it for the house uh, that's on the street corner near the church building um, specifically because of the way uh, Facebook uses their advertising platform to reach people in the immediate area so gospel meetings are fantastic for that kind of campaign because you can have that pushed out to you know 10 15 20 mile uh, radius however much you might need vbs a perfect opportunity to reach out to uh, communities and uh, areas in the in the town that uh, you know have a lot of kids um and uh, you can you can have focus areas for those specific events to try to reach the people that will need it.
1: I really like that because I uh, hadn't thought about using that for uh, local stuff. I mean we did it we did it for you know worldwide, but for local local events and things like that yeah that that's a good idea.
0: Yeah. And uh, again, for uh, for those particular meetings that are designed to uh, give members of the community opportunity to come in, uh, we have um, in the fall uh, a friends and family day, um, where uh, some of that may be used uh, this coming year. I've used it in the past, and it's been beneficial. Um, and again, seven dollars to reach sixteen hundred people. That that sounds like yeah, it's a dollar a day for for a week. Uh, that's the that's not bad, <laughs>
1: right? Right. Um,
0: and uh, uh, but besides that, that um, specific advertising, you know, social media uh, and other platforms. Uh, although Facebook is still king of getting those kinds of responses, um, other social media platforms can be used as well to effectively reach others. Not just for that kind of local advertising. Um, but just to uh, put the message of the gospel out there. Um, so long as a few fundamental rules are kept in mind, uh, four of these are actually taken from a book before you hit send. The questions to ask are, is it true? Is it kind? Is it clear? Is it necessary? And all add a fifth one, will it glorify God and build up the church? If you ask that before you post on social media, you're not going to have the problems that a whole lot of folks seem to
1: have. Amen. I'm glad you said that because Amen. as soon as you start saying social media, I was thinking, man, all these Facebook arguments that nobody ever wins and it just makes everybody look bad and just. And the church. It's just bad. horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It makes the Lord's church look bad because of the way these Christians are acting on social media and just the very fact that they post something sometimes it's like, okay, you're just looking for an argument. <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> There's uh, definitely abuses uh, of technology and social media abuse is a biggie. Um, but asking those questions will help to mitigate against that. You may not be able to stop all incoming attacks, but you can definitely be Christ-like in your presentation, in your preaching, in what you say on social media. Second, uh, moving away from social media, uh, digital Bible studies, um, whether it be audio, video, visual presentations or digital books, there are so many helpful tools that Good Brethren have helped to create that we need to have in our tool. Um, and a lot of these can be either on a phone, on a tablet, on a computer, on a USB drive. Uh, World Video Bible School uh, has some great evangelical evangelistic lessons from guys like Neil Pollard, Mike Vestal, Hiram Kemp, as well as others. Um, World Bible School, uh, different from World Video Bible School, but World Bible School has some online tools available uh, as well. Um, What I would suggest um, is that you find the talented people in the congregation. Everybody has different talents, but if you can find people that, that have an eye for uh, design that are really good at making beautiful things, that you get them together with people who are really good at teaching and you start creating visual presentations uh, utilizing your own material and study methods because what that does is number one, it gets members of the congregation involved in evangelism immediately but number two, the congregation is part of the work of building their own tool kit for evangelism, and they will be invested in that uh, uh, in, in, in uh, perhaps even a greater way than using those other great online tools. Um, but it's personalized. Uh, I once worked for a, a company uh, that had a, a very different way of operating. Um, uh, they call it decentralized decision making, and it was a company that almost uh, each individual uh, um, store uh, was almost autonomous, which that, you know, perked in my mind as a member of the church with autonomous congregations. Uh, but the the <laughs> headquarters always had the message saying, you're closest to the problem, so you're closest to the solution. Mm. Well, in our communities, if we get to know the people, we can design and showcase Uh, uh, messages again the gospel doesn't change but the technology does and if we can use visuals if we can use recorded lessons uh, that are specific to our area uh, that that reaches a need or something that has happened in the area that is going to help uh, greatly Uh, so again the question of uh, uh, what are some ways technology helps? We've talked about social media, talked about digital Bible studies. Two more very quickly. First, following up with guests who who visit us uh, with emails. Do a personal letter if they do have a physical address that they've given to you. But also, pro- if they provide an email address, send one of those as well. Uh, you may have between four and six emails. Um, Uh, non-spammy emails that you send over a period of maybe eight weeks, Um, maybe on the the following Monday or maybe the next Saturday saying, here are the events that are coming up. We hope that you'll join us. Um, Personalize them. And obviously with that, respect their privacy. Uh, And fourth, this is the the big elephant in the room uh, that uh, would be nice to avoid, but we do need to mention it, live streaming and post streaming classes and services. This can be done well, or it can be done poorly. Choose to do it right, invest in the right equipment. Uh, This is where again, members of the congregation can be incredibly helpful. Find the techno wizards, find the researchers, the tinkerers, have them work together to figure out what the best way is to accomplish this for your congregation. Uh, Reach out to congregations that you think do that kind of thing well and ask them, how did you set that up? What are the devices that you used? Where did you buy them from? Um, And I I say all that to say, again, it can be done poorly or it can be done well. Choose to do it well. See, A live stream is a fantastic opportunity to say to a friend or coworker, you know, we had an excellent lesson yesterday. One that really challenged me and reminded me of the solid hope that we have in Jesus, and I think that would really encourage you on your drive home from work. Here's the podcast where you can listen to it. Here's the the YouTube uh, uh, um, link where you can watch it on your on your lunch break. Here's uh, uh, the, the the Facebook page where we save all of our lessons. That's an excellent opportunity uh, to, to to reach out. Uh, and again, you can combine these. Think about using Facebook to uh, push that locally focused group, saying, "Here are here is a series of lessons that we did on um, the building up the family." For example, these might be helpful to you. And they start getting those notifications, and they uh, there there's some very helpful opportunities built into that. So those four. Ideas And like I said, if you have any questions on them, live streaming, follow-up emails, digital Bible studies, social media.
2: Hmm. I really like the idea of uh, digital Bible studies. Some time ago, I think uh, it was you who showed me a, um, I believe there were slides, PowerPoint slides uh, of uh, an evangelism study. And this is the uh, type of study that you have with somebody that you're trying to evangelize. So you, sat, you sit down with them. You pull out your tablet or your phone and you go through this Bible study with them in a really easy way, really appealing. Uh, All the verses appear right there in front of them where they can read it. And uh, boy, I thought, how awesome would it be that every member of the church had this in their pocket? You know, there will be no, I would say, excuses sometimes or fear to say, well, I don't know how to study the Bible with somebody, I do not know how to evangelize. I don't have the tools. Um, sometimes people think, think that they need to go to a preaching school to be able to evangelize, to be able to do what the preacher does. But in fact, it's it's not true. If we just had the tools and we kind of open our eyes to see how we can get creative and use the technology that we have around us, man, we can do so, so much. So I really appreciate all the things that you have said. Now, in thinking about technology and uh, how it benefits members, can you think of how can technology benefit members in, in worship service and in fellowship and in, uh, some other areas? and also, are there any drawbacks to this? Yeah, so uh, you
0: know, as I mentioned at the the outset, uh, uh, technology can very easily become gimmicky, but if we find what works for uh, the congregation and we use it effectively, God is glorified and the church is built up. So let's let's talk a, about a, a benefit or two. We'll talk about a negative or two and then finish up with maybe a couple more benefits. Uh, the first benefit, uh, connection. Uh, we at Graber Road here use an app called Lightpost, uh, and they're I, I could spend the, the entire time talking about the benefits of light posts, but I'll put it this way. Uh, a deacon in the church created light posts for the church to connect the church, to serve the church and to reach the lost. It is a well-designed tool that is made. In fact, the uh, like I said, a deacon in the church near us created this and is maintaining it and uh, uh you can even visit his website uh, lightpost.app um and uh you will start to uh, see some of the benefits uh, uh of this helpful tool uh, but it is a way to connect the congregation and uh Uh, There are various groups, for example, Uh, you may have a a deacon at a congregation that is over uh, making sure members who have gone through surgeries, this is something we do here, or who are sick, who who need some meals, some hot meals. But uh, uh, in a lot of cases, what will happen is everybody will bring uh, a nice warm meal on Monday, and so you've got 17 casseroles sitting in your fridge, uh, on Monday and you can't eat all of that, especially mm-hmm. after surgery or while you're <laughs> sick, uh, unable to, to do stuff. Um, but we have a group here, um, that we, uh, affectionately titled meal team six <laughs> and, uh, we, uh, uh, put up a, a, a specific need. First time we used it, put up a specific need for someone and two weeks worth of meals were scheduled out just by those members talking to each other in that app. Wow. Uh, we, uh, were thinking of, of setting up another, um, uh, group for, uh, people who need rides to services. We were thinking of calling it Gruber, Graber Uber, uh, still working on <laughs> nice. the name there, but, uh, um, Uh, Again, being able to work together. How about a mowing schedule? Uh, That's something that uh, is is an option there, having calendars on there. Uh, One of the coolest things that people enjoy is uh, if they need to visit a member, uh, they can open up that app and uh, tap to either send them a text or give them a call or uh, get directions uh, to their house. Um, And as far as security goes, it's, uh, uh, much safer than a, uh, um, printout, uh, that has, uh, everybody's address as a printout directory, uh, that can be left in a car and then that car is broken into and that printout is gone. Uh, you, uh, if you don't need access anymore to this directory, the administrator, uh, uh, one of our elders, or uh, maybe the church secretary, can just deactivate that. Um, but as far as safety goes, it's it's fantastic for that. But as far as connection goes, um, it has really helped to bring people together. People enjoy seeing, oh, it's so and so's birthday today. Let me give them a, t- a text message or send them a letter. You see, upcoming birthdays. There's just so much to love about the, uh, that. But using technology like that, it creates connection. Now, I'll talk about a drawback, disconnection. Uh, I mentioned the elephant in the room a moment ago, live streaming. It is such a wonderful thing to be able to uh, uh, have services streamed, especially for those who cannot be here due to illness, due to uh, difficulties. We all know what it was like in the uh, disease who must not be named uh, was rearing its ugly head, and we had to So many congregations could not function and and people were meeting in homes from house to house, kind of like, you know, in the first century uh, for a while. But being able to uh, to have that ability does uh, can can incur some drawbacks. Um, I think every congregation is still struggling with members who have not come back from that time. And sometimes you hear, well, maybe it's because of the live stream. And that might be true. Uh, where you know the live stream is available and so they just use that as a reason to not be here Um, let me say this uh, lovingly and and cautiously Um, number one if the only reason is well the live streams offered so there's no reason for me to be there then there is a problem that goes deeper than the fact that a live stream is offered and that needs to be addressed and number two the benefits of having a either live stream or post stream, in my opinion, outweigh uh, the potential negatives for those few members who use that as an excuse to not show up. Uh, For those who do legitimately have uh, a reason, it is wonderful for them. We have a few sweet ladies uh, that have a, a tablet Um, that goes directly to our YouTube page and they know the times that we live stream and they are able to be with us even though they can't be with us in person Uh, they are able to uh, uh, hear a lesson and uh, uh, all of those good things that come with that Um, there are are great benefits to building up members that way but there is the drawback of people can disconnect uh, if There is too much technology. Um, And I'll uh, talk about one other uh, benefit. Um, And uh, uh, this, uh, again, you could probably tie it to connection. Um, But um, uh, I'll use the word expediency. Um, Sometimes getting a hold of people uh, can be really difficult. Uh sometimes getting a hold of the, the whole congregation in a particular situation uh, can can be incredibly difficult. Uh, uh, in the past, congregations have used things like phone tree and email chains, and and uh, sometimes elders will just start calling people. And, and when that needs to be the case, you know, do that. But there's technology out there now, and Light Post will be one of them, where if there's an emergency, the entire congregation who has that app can be notified immediately. If there's a need, the a, a member can notify immediately that a need uh, is is there. Uh, if it is a dire need, um, and uh, in fact, that particular um, feature in LightPost uh, came about um, uh, from uh, the Texas winter storm last year. Um, where that was a necessary tool to have to make sure people were able to survive the horrible uh, weather that uh, we were not uh, expecting. Um, but uh, uh, having the, the expedient way to be able to reach, to connect, to have files, sermons, all of that technology is, is so helpful. Uh, so there's a, a, a benefit, one drawback, and uh, and another benefit. Hmm.
1: Well, I want to, I want to ask about something that, um, that maybe, I don't know if it's a hot topic anymore. I probably not, but, but anyway, it's something that I think about sometimes and that's PowerPoint. And so that's technology that can be used for congregation or, and most congregations have adopted it. I mean, almost all of them probably have some sort of PowerPoint, but not everyone, um, so in thinking about in thinking about uh, PowerPoint and the worship service and the preacher always preparing a PowerPoint or not preparing a PowerPoint, so a roundabout way of asking, are there any benefits or drawbacks to a congregation using PowerPoint um, for, I mean, we know evangelism, doesn't end with somebody walking through the door there's more to it than that and once they get in they they need to feel connected to the worship not entertained but connected and does PowerPoint draw them in a little bit more Um, and even for the members do they are they drawn in a little bit more to the worship service because of a PowerPoint or does it take away from the surface?
0: I've uh, been blessed to be at a number of congregations that have um, uh, had and not had uh, PowerPoint, um, and uh, seeing some of that transition, in fact, in some places, uh, maybe putting the songs up on the uh, uh, projector uh, using paperless hymnal. Uh, for example, um, I remember there was a very sweet lady in a congregation that I worked with who uh, was able to, to speak her mind in a way that nobody could ever. You would think her name was Frank uh, mm. with how well she was able to speak her mind. But a uh, very sweet lady. And I showed her uh, the uh, uh, paperless hymnal, a song that she loved, on my computer screen. And I asked her, "What do you think about that?" She's like, "Oh wow, I love that." And I said, "Well, what do you think about us putting that this on the the big projector up front?" And uh, she said, "Well, I guess I could always just go place membership at another congregation." <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was her very very sweet way of telling me, "No way, no how," that the elders were considering this, and and I just wanted this is what what this sweet lady thought. Well, the elders uh, went ahead and and did it anyway. And, uh, another person asked this sweet lady about a month afterward who she was still there. She didn't place membership somewhere mm-hmm. else. Uh, I said, well, what do you think about these, uh, the songs up here? And now this lady, I asked her because she has poor eyesight in fact, She mm-hmm. could only see out of one of her eyes and that wasn't very well. And she smiled and with tears in her eyes, she said, well, you know, I thought I was going to hate it. But for the first time in fifteen years, I can read the music again and, and see the words. Wow! Mm. And now she is uh, uh, for for years she was the the first one to to say that something needs to be fixed if something went awry.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Those, uh, projectors. Um, there are great benefits uh, for that. Families with kids who are trying to maintain those little ones don't have to hold a book anymore, for example, for the songs. Mm. Um, and those books can be really heavy for some of our senior <laughs> saints. They can be um, really
1: heavy for me when you're ho- sitting there holding <laughs> it with one hand for oh, man. 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And so that, that can help in those situations. Um, as far as teaching visually, whether you use PowerPoint or keynote or some other, uh, um, option there's a lot out there that are free uh to visually teach um uh again unless you do not have eyesight people learn visually and to have that as a benefit and i mean the you can look at all sorts of statistics that people remember things and take more in if there are good visuals along with the lesson now to uh Uh, I've heard this said before by a number of people, um, and I think it's well worth saying now, a picture is worth a thousand words, but a thousand words is not necessarily worth a picture. Mm. Um, uh, Putting just a whole bunch of text on uh, a slide and then trying to challenge the congregation to listen to you while they're reading the slide, (laughs) uh, that can be detrimental but using very well-placed visuals to help uh, encourage the congregation. Didn't Jesus do that when he said, consider the lilies of the field when he was Mm. sitting up on a mountain? Mm -hmm. Or look at the birds of the air, and they were flying in the air right there. Jesus was the first PowerPoint presenter, (laughs) Mm. so to speak. Mm. He used visuals, and we can too carefully, uh, uh, making sure that we're honoring Scripture. Uh, making sure that we're honoring God with that. Um, yeah. uh, so yes, I think it can be very beneficial to help. It takes an investment of time. It might take an investment of money. Um, you might need to do a little bit of learning on on design. And it's a lot easier than a, a lot of people think. You don't need a, uh, a special degree in uh, font management or some weird thing like that. I don't <laughs> think there's a degree like that. But you can make good visual presentations. I think Christian, uh, in his mind is screaming right now, just use Canva. It does the work for you.
2: <laughs> Amen.
1: <laughs> that, well, even, even PowerPoint, uh, PowerPoint has, you know, you can design, design ideas for your slides. You put it, you're putting the information in and then you click over here and it says design ideas and then it makes your, makes your slide look way, way, way better. But I wanted to mention that also, um, Michael Height has a great video, Um, from World Video Bible School uh, about creating effective presentations. I think that's the title even, uh, maybe. That is the title. Okay. It's uh,
0: an excellent uh, series. Uh, Michael Height uh, has a background in in design and advertising, Mm. but uh, he uh, has been a Christian for a number of years, and He has taken what he has learned from that and applied it to teaching. And he's one of my favorite teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, uh, uh, you know, for a plug for World Video Bible School, go buy that DVD. Uh, It is well worth it. If you want to learn some incredibly helpful uh, uh, ways to communicate visually, um, get that. It is uh, it is well worth the time and it's very well done. The quality from WVBS is there. Um, uh, It was right before they transitioned to widescreen, Uh, so uh, their his presentations are not widescreen. So, uh, but but the principles do not change.
1: Yeah, the information from what he was teaching. The information is really really good. Um, Yeah. Well, I want to transition a little bit and uh, talk about your your role at Graeber Road a little bit more because it's it's sort of a unique role um, because you're the family minister and the evangelism minister, and that's not always that's not always kind of what you see, I guess, in congregations. And so, are there benefits to a congregation of having somebody focused on both family and evangelism, and and how does that differ from just just serving families or just focusing on evangelism?
0: Uh, I, I'm thankful to, to be in the position of both uh, uh, family and evangelism minister. And uh, as far as uh, the differences, um, you know, if, if your focus is, is specifically families um, uh, with, uh, with no evangelism, it can, it can become a, a very inward focus. If you're focused on evangelism without families, it can be very outward focused. Um, but combining the two, you have, I think, what's the best of both worlds. Uh, being an evangelism minister, I think, can be an incredibly lonely position. It's hard sometimes to get people on board with uh, uh, going out and maybe doing a, a, a campaigning around town or or that kind of thing. Some people, they are excellent at that. Some some guys have a knack for being able to have a Bible study with just about everybody they meet, and and uh, uh, I I wish I had those those kinds of uh, abilities. But what you have with an evangelism and family minister uh, combining the two is that every family is involved in evangelism, every family is involved in growing up together in the body of Christ, and having that together uh, is, uh, just a wonderful blessing of being able to share that heavy workload, um, and building up those families and showing them, yes, you can, uh, uh, help draw souls nearer to God.
1: Yeah. Well, I think my first thought was when we thought about the, um, Having that combined, you know, uh, it's almost a no-brainer because all of us should be evangelizing anyways, and so maybe every ministry position should be, well, this and evangelist, pulpit minister and evangelism, missionary and evangelism, involvement minister and evangelism, youth minister and evangelism. I mean, really every, every position ought to be and evangelism because because it's what all of us ought to be doing. And, and so we ought to be combining every position, just like we ought to, just like every uh, every event and everything that we do within a congregation ought to have the main focus of reaching out to the community and trying to save souls. And so I just, that, that was kind of the first thing that, that uh, popped into my mind. Now you mentioned um, how it helps members uh, as well. And, so, are you finding that working together in evangelism with these families is is really strengthening the the members, let alone the souls that are reached because of it?
0: Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, the uh, um, we we've been, in, in fact since I've been here, we we had a, a quarter just. A, On evangelism and teaching some basic principles of it and um, uh, we uh, titled the class after a book by Chuck Anderson called bring teach keep Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and what this book uh, designed to do and I think rightly so is it emphasized the fact that not everybody is a teacher in fact we read in the book of James the command let not every one of you become teachers right Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the command, don't let very many of you, don't let very many of you become teachers because we'll receive a stricter judgment. Um, and I think sometimes when we start teaching about evangelism, uh, we uh, miscommunicate the idea that everybody must be teaching. You can be evangelistic and not necessarily be teaching uh, now, yes, teaching is a massive part and a necessary part of that big um, uh, machine of evangelism, if you will. But it is not the only part. Uh, and that's where the idea of brain teach, keep comes into mind. You know, I'm studying for classes, uh, studying for different sermons, preparing for different events um, that we have going on. I am not in the community maybe as much as I you know, would like to be, and I don't get to meet people in the community. I'm still getting used to the area down here, but for families who've been here for, for a long time, they, uh, they know people, they have connections and they are able to talk to those connections about God in a much more efficient and, uh, much more trusted way than I would be able to, uh, at this point. Cause I'm still, like I said, they don't know me. And, um, uh, you've got people. Uh, I remember one sweet lady at a congregation who almost every month she had a different um, uh, neighbor, it seemed, uh, who she would bring to to services. And, oh, I wish I had that ability. But um, uh, uh, there's not a whole lot of, of folks, but there are some wonderful folks who are excellent at bringing people come and see uh, you'll see that repeated in, in John chapter one uh, when uh, the disciples are starting to find uh, to, to, to find Jesus uh, Does anything go to come and see, come and see. And we have some people who are great at saying, come and see uh, and hear the gospel. Uh, there are some people who are able to uh, talk to a person and meet them and and ask some key questions to figure out what would be the best possible way to teach them the gospel. Perhaps they need something like an overview of scripture to see the, 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 that grand story from beginning to end. So they can see how God has set this, not just in a fictional place, but it's the story of the world and what's really taking, uh, what's, what's really happening. Perhaps, uh, they have some religious background, um, Uh, and they know a lot about a bunch of different religions, and so maybe they need to focus on that. But you've got teachers who can figure out where a person is and be able to teach them effectively. Not everybody can do that. Mm -hmm. And you've got people who make great connections. You've got people who are just excellent at inviting folks out to their homes or inviting people out to eat or or. Making those uh, those connections with them. Oh, you like golf, you know, John over here. He likes golf. They're the connectors. They're the ones that that uh, uh, show that, yes, you're here, but you need to be a part of the family and you are important. Now, obviously, there's some overlap in all of those three major areas. But having people who are great at bringing, having people who are great at teaching, having people who are great at keeping, and having them all work together, oh, it's such a beautiful thing. I remember after the the lesson on just simply saying not everyone has to be a teacher, because that's biblical. Uh, a deacon came up and said, I think I finally see where I fit into evangelism and how mm-hmm. I can be most effective. And and this is a deacon who's really good at a lot of things but struggled with that. You know, we've got some some older folks who barely have a voice. Are we gonna say you have to be teaching the gospel or else you know something's wrong with you? That's right. No. But we've got some older folks who they have a home that they can open up for a Bible study. Or maybe they have a uh Um, I hear that food is always helpful (laughs) in a Bible study. Maybe (laughs) they have a recipe for a pecan pie that will just blow your mind and they can provide that. They are helping in evangelism. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily on the forefront of, of, of teaching, but are they, are we going to say they're not evangelistic? Absolutely not.
2: That's right.
0: And so being able to join all of these members together, utilizing their God given talents, that, that, is how evangelism functions, and if you do a study of the Book of Acts, you really do see that uh, working together uh, with what you have. That is how evangelism. Uh, that's that's one of uh, one of the keys to successful evangelism. Again, always keeping in mind that the gospel doesn't change, and that the message of the gospel. Uh, that is presented is always at the forefront. They will know you are Christians by your love.
2: Amen. Uh, I was going to ask you a a follow-up question uh, dealing with that, but you already answered all kinds of things dealing with the question. Um, You know, the, the question had to deal with, what are some of the best ways that regular members can contribute to the work of evangelism in a congregation? And, You know, I saw a post on Facebook um, maybe like a day ago or I think it was yesterday or the day before, I forget, but it said you do not need a a degree to become a servant in the church uh, to be helpful, I guess. And, and And the idea is that, again, a lot of people think I need to know so much Bible so that I can be helpful in the area of evangelism. That is not true. That is not the case. Uh, as long as we're willing to invite somebody, uh, to spend time with them, showing them the Bible in our lives, we are helping them um, know God through the things that we do. Uh, I really appreciate all the things that you have to say. And uh, I'll also tell people, listen to the podcast, listen to the things that are being said. And And the podcast is it's not great because of what Brian and I bring up to the table, but it is great because of what the guests that are here I have to say about it and their wisdom and understanding of this uh, particular topic well logan we are at this point in our podcast uh, that we called the soul saving hot seat and there's going to be some music in here <laughs> in just a second uh, well i guess in the um, in the edited version of this and uh, We tend to ask the same three questions to each uh, of our guests. And and these questions are designed to provide simple tricks of the trade. Uh, And, uh, you know, it is just for people to know uh, better how to evangelize and and to, I guess, work in this area. So are you ready, Logan?
0: As as ready as I'll ever be.
2: (laughs) All right. What is your favorite (laughs) podcast, book, or resource besides the Bible that has helped you the most?
0: I, I can't say Soaring for Souls podcast yet uh, because I know you guys are just starting, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to say that as time goes on. I'm excited about what you guys are doing. <laughs> That's really messed up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't listened. And so I'm, I guess like I that mm. I'm going to go listen to your previous episode and I'm excited for it. Um, I, I will say uh, what has helped me most is uh, considering the Bible as a whole and resources that have helped with that. Um, uh, two books, uh, Reading the Bible as Literature, which is a condensed version of Words of Delight, both by Leland Reichen, uh, uh showing that there is uh, a beauty uh, to Scripture uh, literarily, um, that the Bible is one story from beginning to end, uh, a great book that shows that, Uh, written by a member of uh, the church, uh, uh, Steve Lloyd. Uh, It's called Turning Points, Uh, uh, and it is uh, an excellent resource that has helped me and I know countless others uh, to uh, see that um, uh, there is a focus in what God has done to bring about Christ uh, you know, we'll even say sometimes the Bible is uh, the story of the salvation of man to the glory of God through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And if we can see the Bible as a whole and we can show people that uh, it's it's the gospel being implanted, it's the gospel that's uh, it's the seed being sown. And the more we do that, the better. And it has helped me tremendously instead of compartmentalizing Different bits and pieces, and having this very, uh, you know, very beautiful little compartments, but letting those compartments flow into one another and showing the connection in scripture, I think is incredibly beneficial.
2: All right. Uh, wonderful books. Definitely, um, they were helpful as well to me. Now, what is one piece of advice you would give to an evangelist or a missionary starting out?
0: Spend time with God. For your own personal development and be patient
2: definitely um, and uh, what has been your favorite plays uh, to do evangelism work or mission work
0: it's been the same answer wherever I've been and it's where I am now and where I previously was mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, that, that's a uh, uh, very true in every place that I've been blessed to work. There have been very unique opportunities that I have just been so thankful for. Um, and uh, uh, being able to focus on those places and being blessed by them uh, has, has been a great benefit and, and uh, making sure that I'm fully invested in the work of where I currently am and, uh, that'll uh that'll very easily make it the favorite place uh and uh um i'm i'm very grateful to be here uh and i can say that right now this is my favorite place to do mission work and lord willing i'll be able to retire uh continuing to do work here
1: absolutely and and if it's and that's the same way it might not be our favorite place uh still for for everybody but um you know it is where we ought to put our efforts every single every single Christian ought to be putting their efforts in the evangelism work and like you said, um you don't have to always be the teacher and I love that book Bring Teach keep. We need to have that author uh on the show sometime but uh you know doing what we can to reach out to the lost in in our communities uh and and so that's a that's a great favorite to wherever you're at evangelize. So that's great. And Logan, we want to thank you for being on the show today. It's been awesome to talk to you and, and, uh, get, get, uh, get to hear what you've been up to there in, in Texas. Um, how about telling our listeners, uh, where they can find out more about you and your work? Would you like to give some contact information there?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I'll just say uh, uh, that I do love and appreciate you both and uh, praying for your uh, your efforts in this podcast and for uh, Soaring for Souls in general. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, great opportunity and a lot of good uh, that's, uh, that's already coming from uh, from what you guys are doing. Uh, easiest appreciate way that. to reach out to me is my name, Summers at gmail.com. Uh, go to graverroad.com. That's the, uh, the congregation's website, uh, for being able to reach out to the, to the church. Um, and, uh, I'd be happy to, uh, direct you to resources, uh, uh, if I'm able to.
2: Definitely. Well, we'll put that information on the, um, I guess on the notes for the podcast and, uh... Thank you, Logan, for everything that you do and uh, your encouragement, You're a great friend and a brother, and uh, I appreciate your wisdom. And uh, thank you guys also for listening and, and staying here with us and tuning in. Make sure that you click that follow button and join us next time on the Soaring for Souls podcast, your home for evangelism.